0: As much as it's a boys' club, which it's not now, it is different. There's a lot of women in recovery. And
1: and with the uh, sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Abundance of meetings now too. Yeah, like there's so many
0: women's meetings as well that are available, and like there are so awesome women in recovery, and there are awesome men in the rooms too that are helpful. Yeah. Like it's not like I only get my experiences and my knowledge and my learning and my outtake on things from what women say it's not like i tune out the boys but yes of course like it's it's good and it's bad sometimes you can feel a little bit outnumbered being in a meeting of like a bunch of men and let's say me and there's one other woman sometimes we can feel a little outnumbered but that doesn't mean that i don't have a right to be there And I've never been looked down on because I'm a young woman in the program, if anything, I've been looked up to. Yeah. Because I came in the room so early yeah. and I got lucky yeah. to be able to experience. I, I know
1: I know. for me, that's the way I look
0: at it. Yeah. And like, I look at it like that now too. Like I'm young and I'm a woman, I've got sobriety under my belt and I can share the message that I was so lucky to receive yeah. to other people. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Hello, all my friends. Welcome to Recovery Connection. I'm so glad that you could join us tonight. Uh, We have a special podcast tonight because it's the beginning of a series we like to call Voices in Recovery. Um, I'm really excited to have uh, Michelle with us tonight. But before we get there, I want to make a few announcements. Uh, remember that this podcast is available on all our streaming platforms in, in a week after our live podcast, which you're watching right now, and you can go on to Spotify and Google or whatever platform that you uh, follow or, or watch. And then um, remember that you can follow us on social, uh, all our social media, Facebook, even LinkedIn if you want to look up Jericho Road, Instagram. So uh, uh, join us and, and follow us as we take this journey together. Uh, so I'm going to jump right in and say hello to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is my good friend, Michelle B. Hello. And uh, uh, Michelle and I uh, know each other from our 12-step program. And um, um, I'm always uh, uh, very impressed with what Michelle shares uh, when when we talk. And uh, we've gotten to know each other uh, quite well, I would think. Do you think that? Maybe? Quite yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> and so Michelle um, Michelle's going to uh, share with us a little, and then we're going to jump into uh, a few topics of the discussion that we've, we've kind of picked and, and thought that would be really interesting to chat about. So let's just jump right in. Tell us about yourself.
0: Well, I'm Michelle. I identify as an alcoholic. I have been sober for just over three years now. I started my drinking career when I was 13. And I'm just going to pull up my notes so I don't lose myself. <laughs> um, I continue drinking for a good solid 10 years and like, very alcoholically. Even in the beginning, I realized that like, I didn't drink like normal people and it didn't stop me for a long time Mm. because I didn't feel because I felt so different. I had to suppress all of that with more booze and sometimes drugs Mm. and all of that along the lines. um, I continued till I was 23 and it was getting really bad by then. I I know my parents were worried that they were going to get a phone call that I had been found somewhere. I was dead. I was potentially going to lose my job. I was losing lots of friends. I couldn't hold a relationship to save my life. Mm. Um, Everybody who knew me well enough was worried about me. I didn't want to admit that I had a problem, even though I knew I did. I hit my rock bottom. I was extremely scary. Because I felt more alone in my life than I ever did at that point. And then I found AA.
1: How did you find AA?
0: So it's funny because it's a little confusing. So <laughs> my sister's best friend in high school, uh, she had like two really good friends yeah. that she hung out with all the time. One of them, unfortunately, we did lose. She passed away a few years ago to an overdose.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry
0: that is okay. She is still remembered and loved every day. Mm. Um, but the other woman that they used to hang out with as well, mm-hmm. her father was a big part of the program. Okay. So my mother trying to push me to get some help before I was ready at that point, she contacted him and asked if he had a number of someone who I could reach out to. He gave my mother the name and number to my first
1: sponsor. Okay.
0: I had this number and name on a sticky note in my room for like a few months (laughs) and I didn't want to call it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like take that first step to be like, you know, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not done. I haven't, I'm fine. I can do this by myself. I don't need anybody else. I can do this by myself. That lasted like a whole day.
1: Um. But you didn't throw it away either. That's the thing. I didn't
0: throw the phone number away. It was still in my room. I would just avoid going home after work (laughs) (laughs) to see that note. I would just wait and like go right out to the bars or go right out with my friends and drink instead of going home to see that number and then going out because it would make me think like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't drink today. But nothing was going to stop me anyways. Mm -hmm. I just avoided going home. But then I got in a little bit of trouble with the law. And then I didn't stop drinking after that. And then I realized that, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. So I called her. She answered me within like 0. 0.5 <laughs> seconds. And I'm just like, who is this girl? You know, like <laughs> what is going on? The next day I went and I met her in a second cup, Yeah. a stranger who I had never met before in my life. I had talked to her for a whole, like, Fifteen minutes, and I went and I sat with her, and she shared her story. and I looked at her, who had years of sobriety, who seemed to have peace and was happy with her life and doing well. Yeah. I was jealous.
1: yeah,
0: like the jealousy started to come up, but then I wanted to strive to be like that.
1: yeah.
0: I saw the peace, the love, the serenity that she had. Yeah. I wanted that. That day, that moment, I decided I was going to get sober.
1: Yeah.
0: I asked her to be my sponsor. I got into the rooms. I started doing step work right off the bat. Good, yeah. I started doing service. Um, She kind of like she pushed me a little bit to do that stuff. Mm. But I thank her every day for it because if she didn't, I don't know where I would be. Mm-hmm. She was stubborn and hard headed just like I was. Mm-hmm. But I put two feet into the program and it was the best thing that I ever did for my life. It changed Everything. I was dishonest, selfish, self-centered, all the things that we are. Now I'm reliable, dependable, honest. The things that I knew that I could be, but I was scared to be at first. When I got in the rooms... I did 90% <laughs> of what I was told. <laughs> and Well,
1: that still puts you in the top echelon, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I did
0: okay. I did okay. But I got the sponsor. I worked the steps. I listened to the people that had been in there for years. And I strive to be better. I strive to do more. I strive to be a part of the community and really put my put my life into it. Yeah. Because it was my life on the line. Because yeah. without the program I don't know where I would be I yeah. potentially wouldn't even be here right now I could be dead yeah. I could be homeless living on the streets I could be so many things that I am not right now and I am so grateful for everything that the program has given me and the opportunities and the people that I've gotten to meet mm. and to be able to see myself in a different
1: light do you find do you find I got to ask because, you know, there is a little bit of an age difference between you and I. Do you find that there are more challenges coming into the 12 steps being the age that you are or. I
0: can definitely say that coming into AA at a as a 23 year old yeah. was very hard. Why? Because it is very Common, yeah. like, and I'm using quotations right now. <laughs> I forget, people can't see me. Quotations <laughs> common and normal for people to be drinking at that age yeah. because there it's the party times, yeah. it's your 20s. You want to have fun, yeah. you want to enjoy yourself, you want to go out and do whatever you want to do because yeah. you can figure it all out later on in life. Yeah, being young definitely was a tough thing for me, but it also now. Looking back, I'm happy I did. And even though it was tough and it was weird and it was like, you know, I would be talking to someone my age and they'd be asking me like, oh, hey, do you want to go out and grab a drink? I'd be Mm. like, "Mm, actually, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. You know, it was weird for people to hear that Mm -hmm. from someone my age. Mm -hmm. But now I'm 26. I'm three years sober and I can show people that is it's possible yeah
1: and and to me from from you know looking at that perspective that's what makes me grateful because we need young people you know that have uh that that experience that you have to be able to to carry that message to other young people
0: exactly like if another 23 year old walks yeah. in the room yeah. at least i can relate with them yeah. so well and they can feel like they're as opposed the, to an uh,
1: old fart like myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Like, no, wor- no, I, yeah. I get it. I but get it. But working with someone yeah. who's
0: close in your age group is a good thing. Yeah. I found that with my sponsor, it was great because she really understood like my busy lifestyle yeah. and you know, like being young and wanting to still live my yeah. life and have fun, yeah. but not have booze, yeah, a part of it.
1: Well, and that's and that's the other side of that coin is that there's not a lot of young people in the program because. A, they're either not done yet. Yeah. Or B, they don't make it that far. Yeah. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so it's, we need, we need young people like yourself. We yeah. definitely do.
0: But th- at the same time, we still need people who have been in the program for a long That's time right. because, yeah. like, I've learned so much from you, from your shares and your experiences. And without that, I wouldn't be able to take what I've learned from you, yeah. turn it into like my version of it and share it with someone. Yeah that can maybe understand it a little bit better yeah. that way. How
1: it works, right? Yeah. How it works. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Fabulous. What has been your biggest challenge in recovery since you got clean?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. So like I deal with mental health on top yeah. of being an alcoholic and being an addict. I think my biggest hurdle... In this past year. And like it has been a big one for me. Is working on my mental health. As well as staying on top of my program. Mm. And like actually admitting. That I needed more help. Than I thought that I did. And like really giving. Like re-giving up that power. And being like I can't do this anymore. I can't hold this in any longer. And I admitted like. Complete and utter defeat over something that I thought that I had a grasp on, yeah, that was probably and and, and
1: and how did you how did you come to that realization?
0: I broke down, yeah, like I had been i it's I had handed over a lot almost everything, except I think that was the one thing that I was holding on to because I was scared that yeah. if I let that go, I would either slip or I would be going on medications that were going to affect me in certain ways. And I was going to, I was scared. Yeah. I was scared of believing that I wasn't like chemically balanced, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it was, it was a scary thing. I had just nipped in the butt, like all of these things. And I had worked my program. I had put in the work. I had done the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Like I'd gone through my steps. I had done everything. I had really let everything go. Yeah. I thought that I did. Yeah. But then after a certain period of time, like all that suppressed emotion that I had been holding down with booze for so many years, like all of that came up slowly in the beginning. And then all of a sudden it almost felt like there was like a lodge and then it just like overpowered, like everything came back up again. And I'm like, okay, so I redid a fourth and a fifth. I did what I had to do. I like I took some time off work and I'm working on getting back and, you know, like I've, I'm i doing what I need to do to better my mental health. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, my sobriety is still like huge yep. in that too. Yep. staying sober while doing all that has yep. been tough as well. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Like it's not easy to sit there and feel emotions that you hadn't felt for 10 yeah. years or now thirteen, yeah. and then all of a sudden, this emotion is coming up, and I'm like, "Why do I feel like this?" Yeah. You know, like yeah. in my journey so far, that has probably been one of the hardest yeah. things that I've been doing. But I'm getting my feet back under me. I'm feeling a lot better than I was, but it's still a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, because we all always are.
1: Yes, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I was thinking of when you said you. You went back and revisited your steps, right? Because the steps are circular. They're not linear. No, right? not. We we keep going around and around. Circles. Yeah. 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 Just one thing that that hit me while you were talking. Um, I remember reading a book Bill W. wrote called um, Emotional Sobriety and what that looks like. And and that's that's a big one. Yeah. Right? That's it a is. big one.
0: It's tough. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to sit there and talk to a woman who i had known for about a whole whopping four months of yeah. my life and tell her my ins and outs of everything that yeah. I had like that was a lot yeah. to do when I wouldn't even tell so, like my partner or my best friend these yeah, things. Yeah. And I have to tell this stranger yeah. something. Yeah. That was big. But you know what? Best thing I ever did. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: worth it in the long run it was just it it is a big part of sobriety as well the emotional maturity
1: i want to know what advice would you give someone who's experiencing mental health issues along with their recovery reach out yeah
0: reach out call your doctor like get an assessment done because i got an assessment about a year ago and it was, it's not that it was incorrect, yeah. but it didn't fully answer all the questions. Yeah. I got one about two, three months ago and it was like a nail on the head. And like now um, my treatment, my medication, everything, like it's still kind of up in the air yeah. a little bit, you know, getting sleep back yeah. in order and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's worth it. Good. Because there are a lot of resources out yeah. there to help you. Yeah. So, I know it's scary and I know it's intimidating and you don't want to seem like you're weak, but you're not weak for asking for help. You're actually
1: stronger. Beautiful. Wow. I couldn't have said that any better. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about was uh, COVID and recovery. Yeah. And, And, you know, because... It's. I think it's important as our first uh, Re, Voices in Recovery podcast that we talk about it because it, it's been challenging over the past year and a half, two years, right? A hundred percent. So what do you think would be the biggest issue that you've faced yeah. in, in your recovery during this, this, this weird time?
0: Well, when I first came in the rooms, you would hug everybody. Yeah. That physical connection that you got from people, like that really helped. Yeah. And it helped me a lot in my early days is like, you know, being able to walk up to a newcomer or being the newcomer myself and have someone come up like another woman come up and give me a hug and say that it's all going to be okay. You know, like those that connection and Mm. that physical connection Mm. with people, that is a big Thing that i have missed over yeah. this past while with the whole covid i and think i think one
1: of the words that i had used when we were talking was that intimacy right yeah they exactly were that intimacy exactly yeah.
0: because you know what we are like we're all human yeah. of course we like to be hugged some people don't but like <laughs> you know like i'm talking about me here like i like to hug people we know who okay those people are. exactly but <laughs> i like i like to hug people i like to feel that because yeah. like you do get such a connection with someone and a hug can make could make or break it for yeah. me in my early year in my early time. Yeah. Sometimes I'd call one of the girls that I knew and I'd just be like, "Hey, can I come see you?" And I'd literally walk yeah. to their door, get a hug, and be like, "Thank you," and walk away. I
1: needed that. I just needed that yeah. hug. I
0: needed that like physical connection, that intimacy with you. That like you know the, it's almost like it's a solidifying like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah. That I have missed. <laughs> very much.
1: One of the things that, that I've noticed in my recovery with Zoom meetings and whatnot is it's hard to have a private conversation.
0: Yeah. Right. D- very difficult. It's very
1: difficult to, to pull someone aside in the room, you know, especially if you've heard them share something that, that maybe is going on in your life and that you can relate to and you want to talk to them about it. It's, it's next to impossible to do that on a zoom meeting yeah unless you're
0: typing it and then yeah
1: yeah it's not the same well if you're a one-finger typer like me it's it's very hard yeah yeah Yeah.
0: like i usually just if i noticed there was a woman who was new i'd private message her and send her my phone number and be like hey give me a call after the meeting if you'd like or like text me and we can chat or Mm -hmm. we can go for coffee sometime but yeah that was definitely another thing that i missed
1: we have a friend of ours, uh, both you and I, in the, in the program, and he says there's no such thing as problems, just opportunities. And so what do you think we were able to do as a fellowship during this time that created opportunities?
0: As a fellowship? And as a
1: fellowship. Do you think that, that we, we uh, met each other more frequently because of the lack of meetings?
0: I know that there was a few women that I would meet with
1: yeah, a lot more yeah.
0: regularly than we would have, or we'd be in contact. Usually if we would see each other at one or two meetings a week, we'd be contacting each other every mm-hmm. day or two mm-hmm. instead of going like a full week without seeing each yeah. other. Because when we got that face to face, we got everything. Yeah. We'd meet up for coffee or we would do more zoom meetings mm-hmm. together. And we would like, I would FaceTime with women as well. Mm-hmm. and do all that. That's
1: right. I forgot about FaceTime, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. FaceTime I, I was was a FaceTimed big thing. a lot. I never FaceTime before. No, yeah. I was never
0: a big person for it yeah. either. And I started doing it a lot more too with a bunch of the women yeah. that I knew in the rooms. And it was helpful. Yeah. Because then I got that like the one on one that you missed after the meetings yeah. where you're standing outside yeah, and yeah, yeah. and chit chatting with people or yeah. being able to go out to someone and be like, Oh, I loved what you shared, yeah. you know, like yeah. can you talk to me more about that? Yeah. And Yeah. So I did a lot of, a lot more texting, phone Mm -hmm. calls, extra meetings and like FaceTimes and stuff like that. That was very helpful.
1: I think, I think another, another thing that we did too is, is in, in my experience, we had a lot more interaction outdoors, even in the winter, you know? Where we would meet uh, uh, down at Dow's Lake on the canal or something and, and enjoy a coffee or a hot chocolate and just skate and, and shoot the breeze and, yeah. and, and just get connected. Of course. Whereas, whereas I think with the in-person meetings, we're less likely to do things like that, right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: What about um, um, some of the positive things that happened because of Zoom meetings? And you and I were talking about this before and your yeah. number one was?
0: Being able to travel without traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Going all over the world and like being able to hear stories that you never would have been able to before without the Zoom meetings. It was amazing. I've heard some beautiful stories and the times that i've like you know i've gone to the states i've gone to hawaii i've gone to like so many other places yeah. that i would have never been to without the zoom
1: and, and the availability right because yeah, you know at your because fingertips. of the time zone differences too exactly. right exactly yeah, like yeah. there was one
0: night that i was having a rough night and i just felt like i needed a meeting it was 11:30 at night and i'm like oh my god how am i going to do this and then i checked for time zone wise night there was one starting in 10 minutes i was yeah. like oh this is perfect <laughs> like this is great yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it was always available yeah. and you being able to listen to and experience different kinds of meetings and the styles and the different ways that things are yeah. ran in different places. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I was
1: reading an article in, in uh, Grapevine uh, in the issue last month and they were talking about that and this woman wrote in and she was saying that um, she, she got a home group on Zoom and it was in Australia and that was because she was uh, a night shift worker. OK. And so she was able to go on to this meeting when she got home from her night shift at like two thirty in the morning or whatever time it was. Yeah. And she became a part of this group and that was her home group. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I just love hearing stuff like that. That's right?
0: amazing. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have that before. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't be able to experience that. And actually, that poor woman would probably be grasping at straws yeah. and like waking up extra right. early when yeah, she yeah. needs to yeah. sleep. Yeah. and.
1: Yeah, She's already overrun her schedule. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's awesome. And I, and
1: I, and I think the bonus for us is that this isn't going to end, you know, I think, nope. I think zoom meetings now are going to be always ongoing.
0: Yeah. Or the hybrid ones where it's like the boat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's
0: awesome too. Yeah.
1: Cause I think it, it it gives us a lot more opportunity, um, especially with life and how life unfolds, you know, yeah. with work and, and commitments and family and whatnot, that as you said, when we really need a meeting, we know that we can grab onto one.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like if I need, if I turned around one morning and woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I need a meeting right now. You know, yeah. I can, I can go walk over to my computer, sit in my chair yeah. and I can find a meeting Yeah, and it's, it's right there but, and it's so easily available. Said,
1: are you happy to be back to in-person meetings? I
0: am ecstatic. <laughs> I am ecstatic. <laughs> like I understand for a lot of people who came into recovery, yeah. um, like during COVID, they don't really understand or like they haven't, they didn't get the experience from before, but me being, like having had time in the program before COVID hit, I missed that a lot. Yeah, And the face-to-face and a lot of the people who, for some people it's, they have to get up and get in their car and go somewhere. They won't do the Zoom meeting. Yeah, And now they have that available to them again, which is amazing and I'm super happy. But man, did I miss in-person yeah. meetings! I
1: think I think it's it's you know because it, we were also used to that's the way that things were, right? Yeah, and so it's very hard as you and I both know. Change is very difficult for us. Oh
0: yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> I don't. So, nobody so likes having, change. Yeah, having <laughs> having to uh, uh, I hate using this word, but having to pivot and start you know but but it's good it's good for us because yeah it, it, the, you know it, it teaches us to adapt it teaches us to change and it's not forever right no. so we did what we did yeah and we move on
0: exactly yeah and it gave us the opportunity to experience something new yeah even though as you said we don't like change yeah yeah kind of puts us on puts us on the spot a yeah, little bit yeah yeah
1: Definitely. but we survived yes yeah
0: Yes. It was tough.
1: It was. Yeah. For a lot of us, it was tough.
0: Yeah. I can say personally, it was very tough and it was very different for me to try and like adapt from going to like getting in my car or walking to a meeting compared to sitting at my desk and kind of feeling a little lonely after. But I started to reach out to other women and it was so helpful.
1: I, I heard a buddy of mine say, what's wrong with Zoom meetings? The fridge is 12 feet away. (laughs) yeah yeah and and, and on the other side of that too we get to see some interesting things on zoom meetings right oh yeah 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 i get to see
0: everybody's dogs that made my day that was great that was great i remember
1: i was on one meeting and a guy was making his dinner Oh, nice. He put, put the computer in the kitchen and, and had it on and, and he says, you know, I don't want to be impolite and I want people to know that I'm, I'm there. Um, yeah. But he made his dinner and sat down and during the whole meeting, it was fabulous. Huh. Got to do nice. what you got to do, right?
0: You get to see people for who they truly That's are. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay covid over and done with Yep. as we move on now this is the big meat and potatoes oh yeah i'm so looking forward to this
0: i know it's so fantastic michelle and
1: i picked kind of a a a main topic of conversation for tonight and that was relationships relationships and recovery wow
0: so much fun yeah so much fun (laughs) Where, where do
1: you want to begin
0: Oh, I don't know. You pick. Let's
1: start <laughs> with the difference between 12-stepping and 13-stepping. Okay. What's 13-stepping, Michelle?
0: Um, Experienced members, men or women, pursuing a romantic relationship with a new group member. Wow. Yes. Straightforward, pretty open, so easy why to understand. Do we, why,
1: why does it happen in the rooms?
0: Oh, gosh. Multiple reasons. Uh... Filling a void. Filling
1: a void, yeah. That's
0: probably, like, and in my experience, the number one. Loneliness of, and quotations again, loneliness of recovery in the beginning and how you feel and that you are losing a crutch and you want to put that onto something yeah. or someone else. Yeah. Whether your intentions are pure and good, sometimes you need to take a step back and make sure that you are doing what is best for the newcomer. Yes. And that's some that is very hard to do. If you do, if you are starting a romantic relationship with yeah. somebody, I say I should have, honestly, I'm just going to like blurt it out and say it straightforward. Listen to your sponsors. <laughs> okay. Just do it, please. I made my mistakes in my early recovery and sometimes I wish I could go back and change it. But you know what? I can't. And I'm I wouldn't change it for the world because now I've learned and I can share that with other people. But listen to your sponsors, okay? They are right. They know what they're talking about and avoid at all costs in the beginning. And then
1: and then it also it also to me, it goes back to. Our responsibility pledge, right? Yeah, we are responsible. And so if you we see something that doesn't look right, or someone says something that they don't feel comfortable, yeah, then it's up to us to say something.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. It is, and like it's really tough because I know how it can feel to be lonely and new into a program. Like, if you're single, if you're single and you're coming into the program. Like you have been given the, like a very good opportunity to really work on yourself because I know that my taste changed drastically from what I looked for in a person in my early recovery to what I look for in someone now. Yeah. And that's okay. But if I hadn't been in some of those relationships that I was in, I, I wouldn't know as much as I do now. Yeah. I would potentially be a little bit more quote unquote, like, I don't want to say this word, but like a little naive into it, you know, like jumping into the next possible thing that for all I know could be horrible.
1: The the other thing too, as, as you said, you know, if, if we're, if we're, you know, actively engaged in working our recovery, we grow. Yeah. And so what I thought I wanted in early recovery could
0: be the complete opposite. opposite
1: Exactly. Of what
0: you want two or three years yeah, down the line. Yeah. Like Yeah,
1: which begs us which begs us the big question, when should you be in a relationship in recovery? <laughs> because I know everyone's, you know, has an opinion on that. Yeah. And and so I'll break the ice and I'll give my opinion. Okay. I say two years. Minimum. Minimum.
0: I'd say minimum the two year mark too. But there I also think that there's some criteria that you should probably meet. You should probably meet before that as well, like two years down the line, that means two years down the line, you've worked your 12 steps, yeah. you've been active in the program, yeah. you're doing things for your recovery yeah. and you've done like little things like get a plant, like oh, and li- yeah. make a plant <laughs> live. Hey, if yeah. you can keep a plant yeah. alive yeah. for a year, good for you. Yeah. Do that like yeah. in- If you, if you want to rush, do it right after a year or get it right at the beginning. See if it's something else that you can do. If that makes you happy, if that brings you light in your day, you know, spending the five minutes with your plant. And like, I've got like 15 or 20 plants (laughs) in my room, so I'm good on that front. And like even an animal, like I have a dog that I got after a year sober and he is my pride and joy. He is my love. But I care for him. Yeah. Right. As well as I care for myself. Yeah. And I keep my recovery as much as I love him. And he is my be all and end all. He is my favorite creature in this entire world. My recovery still comes before him. Hold you
1: back from going to meetings. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I can leave him alone at home for like eight and a half hours and it's not abuse. Right. So, like, yeah, there. A minimum of a couple of years, you're working your steps, yeah. and you can keep another thing alive, yeah, like besides yourself, yeah. whether it's a plant, whether it's an animal,
1: something yeah. so I have a friend that says you you get a plant, and if you can keep the plant alive for a year, then you move to a goldfish, if you can okay. keep the goldfish alive for a year, then you move to a dog or a cat, okay, and then and then then you work your way up to being in a healthy relationship, right, yeah,
0: and like it's. It's also tough because for so many years, you would, at least myself, I'd be bouncing back and forth from relationship, yeah. never being able to hold a solid one for a long time. And then you're going to be in mind of yourself and really like looking at yourself. Yeah. So that year, minimum two years, is a good solid amount of yeah. sobriety under your belt that you can feel like you can actually communicate with yeah. another human being.
1: I heard a, I heard a speaker at a meeting and and it, he blew me away. I'll never forget it because he was a young person um, sharing his story. And he had come like yourself into the fellowship very early. And uh, I remember him saying, he said, why is it we try to convince ourselves that we can be in a relationship in the first year of recovery when <laughs> no one has done it successfully? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that always stuck in my head. I was like, "Wow, someone actually had the nerve to say it." Yeah, right?
0: they they definitely did. Like, if you're coming into recovery and like you're previously married, you're previously in a marriage, yeah. or like you do have a long term relationship, yeah. Yeah. that is a little bit of a different situation. Yeah. Okay, I would so, say. Good. But so
1: I wanted to touch base on that. What does yeah. that look like?
0: Well, so. I can understand how alcoholism can definitely be a factor in some problems in people's relationships and marriages yeah. and things like that. I I didn't come into the rooms in a relationship. Yeah. So it's hard for me to make a full judgment on yeah. this. So this is my like kind of quote unquote hearsay. Yeah. This is potentially what I would have done. You know, like I would still go into the rooms and focus on myself. If you're in a long-term relationship, your partner can potentially be supportive of you. You can Mm -hmm. hope that they would be and be understanding that this is a big step that Mm. you're taking in your life to try and better yourself
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and to better the relationship. Mm -hmm. So you would hope that they would Mm -hmm. be supportive. And
1: and hence why the big book has a whole chapter dedicated to the wives, to the wives. Right. Exactly.
0: And like, there are other groups and like other people that your spouse can contact and Potentially get some help themselves into like helping you and so on and so forth and working together as a pair. If you guys have been together for a long time, I'm sure that whoever is the one who is admitting Mm -hmm. defeat, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: their partner knew a long time Mm ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you would hope and you would pray that the partner would be sitting there in the background like cheering them yeah, on being yeah. like yeah yes, you go take yes. your hour and yeah. do your thing you know like <laughs> yeah. you want me to drive you yeah. no okay bye yeah. like have a good evening yeah. I'll see you when you get home you know like be very supportive but, of but you there
1: are on the flip side of that coin other other issues right where, where yeah. there's um jealousy that they're spending too much time in their recovery or going to meetings and they're neglecting me. And so there's, there's a, you yeah. know, there's a lot more going on than, than just the recovery. Right. Because of course two people in this relationship and yeah. so how you navigate that. Right.
0: Yeah. And each one I'm sure would have their own specific, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like their own routines in yeah. a sense. Yeah. And you would hope that they could communicate with each other enough yeah. To make sure that they were both comfortable on either end it's a hard thing and like i i can't touch much on that because i don't know exactly i like i came into the room single yeah and i wasn't in a long-term relationship i wasn't married so it's not like i know how it could go because like it to me it seems like it's a 50 50 yeah
1: you know like it
0: can be super tough yeah it could it could break some but it can well, also make some yeah
1: there's the, the the old adage too sick people attract sick people right yeah so you know how healthy is my spouse if if she's married an alcoholic
0: yeah but you never know but maybe you never
1: know maybe i hit it or yeah i can speak from my experience which i did right from my yeah. from my first wife she had no idea okay you know because i had kept it um, uh, as much as i thought i was keeping it hush, hush 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 and 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 justifying my behaviors and yeah and she was younger than me and very naive and and it wasn't until after we got married right yeah so, i mean there's all kinds of, of stuff at play there what about um recovery uh relationships and recovery and here's the big one and i and i'm going to use this word normies. Ooh, yes. funny
0: no, funny I love that word. <laughs> love that word. Honestly, one of my favorite words yeah, to use is I'm people look at me. Normie. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um okay. So it's really a 50/50. Yeah. In my opinion, if where how did I word this? I just put my paper away. Why did I do this? Um oh, Okay. So dating someone in recovery, I can understand why people would really want to do that but in the beginning, maybe not. Like within your first year, as we said, like if you're within your first two years, probably not. Compared to dating a normie, as long as they are not a, and I hate to say it, but like hidden one of us, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like I was in a relationship with someone who said that they were a casual drinker. Mm -hmm. That is not what the situation was. Mm -hmm. They hid it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I knew, it was the complete opposite Mm -hmm. of being casual drinking. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, I was committed and I didn't want to get out of that relationship because I cared about that person Mm -hmm. at that point. So it's kind of like, it's a scary thing to think of. Like, I don't know. I personally would rather and would feel more comfortable dating someone who at least understands the program. Yes. Doesn't mean they have to be in it, but they at least have to really know what it's about yeah, and like the, the full depth of it, yeah. because you know what? It is a lot of self growth. Oh, it yeah. is a lot of work. Yeah. and It is a lot of time out of my day to day that I spend working on my program. Yeah. And, if-
1: and, and luckily we're fortunate enough that we have great fellowships like Al-Anon, yes. right. That help people, you know, oh for sure through, through that uh, uh, understanding. Yeah. And, and in turn allow that, nor me to grow themselves exactly right? and 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 personal growth and growth in their relationship with someone who has uh, um, uh alcoholism or drug addiction or yeah whatever, exactly right?
0: exactly but yeah. someone who at least really understands the program yeah. that is a big thing that is a part of like what i would look for yeah. in a partner yeah. someone who understands is either in the program and yeah. working a solid program themselves yeah and has their solid basis yeah. down or someone who can relate, understand or at least put in the work to yes. understand. Yeah. You know, not yeah. someone who's just going to sit there and be like, "Oh, well yeah, why didn't yeah. you just stop drinking?" Yeah. There's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I'm yeah. not going to
0: be a dry drunk for you mm-hmm. because that's putting me in danger.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible for relationships to happen where one is in recovery and one uses substances? Mm,
0: yes and no Mm -hmm. so it is all up to the person who is in the program if they are comfortable with that that is on them yeah but me i couldn't be with someone who was drinking every day yeah i can't be with someone who drinks every day i could potentially be with someone who drinks casually if they drink at like a wedding or a random birthday you know like little events yeah That's fine. And they're going to have like a drink or two and be done with it. Yeah. That I could maybe handle. Yeah. But.
1: But going on a three-day binge while they're at the cottage.
0: Yeah. Or like drinking for like a couple weekends straight. Yeah. Like, you know, even just every weekend. Like, that's a lot for me. Yeah. To be around. Yeah. I don't need that or want that. Yeah. It's all up to the person who's in the program, I think.
1: And I think that's that's a journey that two people take together, right? And I I, I think, you know, I, I'm married to a normie. Okay. And 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 my normie uh isn't adverse to alcohol, but but she doesn't drink. Yeah. Because she just doesn't like the effect it has. Mm. And, okay. and she's just, you know, she doesn't Not enjoy a drinker. it. Yeah. yeah. And so and so I'm I'm kind of lucky that way. Now that being said, uh, if we if we if we back up a little, we dated for uh two years before we got married. Because she knew about alcoholism and mm-hmm. she knew uh, enough about the 12-step program that she knew that we had to walk this out for a couple of years before she was ready to make that commitment to marry me, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Need to see if you could work yeah. it out.
1: Because I, I always say it's no secret that i married up, right? Yeah. Like I'll be the first <laughs> to admit it. But, but but she, she did, you know, she did her homework and, mm-hmm. and, and, and she knew what the 12 steps were and, and what the fellowship was about. And taking that time before we got married for her to really um, understand, you know, what life in recovery looks like. Because you're marrying someone whose life is in recovery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: But we all don't do it. No. No. <laughs> no. So... So. Next, I want we, we, we put some quotes together and I want to talk about them. OK, and, the, and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and Michelle and I are sharing the notes we, that, that we have because we uh, we prepare her before she comes on air. And, and I put a quote in uh, that's very popular in the 12 Step Fellowship in AA under every skirt is a slip. And our uh, producer, John, <laughs> made a little note and he said, Kevin, this is a sexist comment. It implies that women are the problem. And I agree with John, but the reason I put it in there is because we hear it all the time. Yes. And there's a reason why we hear it. And why do we hear that? It's a warning.
0: I was going to say, it's kind of a warning yeah. to both
1: male, both and, male female. and female yeah. to kind
0: of keep your eyes to yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, especially in early recovery.
0: Yeah, because it can be tough in early recovery. You're like you're connecting, you okay, you go to a meeting, you see someone of the opposite sex, or like if you're in the LGBTQ community, that's like you know, someone of the same sex, whatever it is.
1: And we're sharing very intimate details about
0: our life and our experience and how we're feeling. And then all of a sudden, you are given the opportunity to talk to this person who can relate to you. Like yeah. nobody else yeah. has been able to before. Yeah. So if you go out and you're in fellowship outside of the church or it's out of your meeting and you're talking and all of a sudden this beautiful woman comes out or like this beautiful man and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, like I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. But in Those words, it's a warning to be like, okay, no, I shouldn't. If you're talking to them, being someone like myself, like I would go up to women and I would always be willing to work a 12th step. Yes. And be positive and try and help them. But when it's the opposite sex, sometimes it can get iffy. Mm -hmm. And that's, and like, I'm not trying to keep out anybody in the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. either because Mm -hmm. like when it comes to that, that can be a touchy kind of subject. When it comes to like being sponsee and mm-hmm, sponsor mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff too, but it's more about like if you have an attraction towards somebody, whomever they are, yeah. steer clear at first or, or a
1: hidden attraction. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Those can be uh, those can be dangerous. Yes, they can be very yeah. dangerous, and in those moments. If you're early, if you're new, even if you're not, get advice from somebody. Yeah. Get someone's opinion on it and be like, okay, you know, how do I feel about this? Talk to your sponsor. Yeah. Talk to somebody else who's been in the program for yeah. a long time. Get more opinions about things before you
1: jump on yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Because and a lot of times, I think we become accustomed to um, being in those situations and, and being in recovery. And we forget that this is a life threatening disease. It is right. It really is And a wrong mistake can send us back out. Yeah. And for us to drink or use is to, to die, to die. Yeah.
0: But the other thing too, that you just kind of clicked my brain into this as well.
1: Oh, I love doing that.
0: I know it's great. Right. I love when moments like that happens and I can actually talk about it. How long have you been in the bars and then you see an attractive woman or a man or whomever yeah. and you walk up to them and you can just go and talk to them yeah. and it doesn't matter. That's yeah. okay. Now you're being put in an environment where it's not as positively looked upon. Yes. It's actually the opposite. Yes. It's more like yes. people are going to try and intervene and yes. try and protect you from yourself Yeah, in certain cases. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and like I wish I listened to my sponsor at yeah. the beginning and didn't do what I did and it's like and having
1: a wingman who doesn't want you to date. E- exactly,
0: <laughs> I'm the one who's sitting here looking at telling my sponsor like, "Do not date. Yeah. Don't think about men. Yeah. Don't think about yeah. it at all. Right now, no. Last thing you need to be yeah. thinking about." And she's just like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. like how like how long?" I'm like, yeah. I, "We'll talk about it yeah. in a year, okay?" Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. but right now, no it's like, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. I walked away because you were too busy finding faults in me, and I was busy overlooking yours. Ooh, Ooh. taking <laughs> so, someone else's so inventory. Call- Thank you. Yeah. Hey, someone taking Im- someone else's inventory. Why I, do we do it? Um,
0: because we are trying to make ourselves feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Blunt, honest, up front. That's me.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's yeah.
0: It's so true. Yeah. I did it. I did it. We've all done it. Yeah. Like, you know, you're driving and you're like, oh, that damn idiot who's not paying attention or like, you know, that person that pissed me off that one day, or that coworker, they they just can't get their stuff straight. They can't do this. They can't do that. Oh, I'm looking at the person that I was with. Well, why can't you be more supportive of me? Yeah. Why can't you be more understanding? Yeah.
1: And then and then that leads to the big control issues as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let go of that damn steering
0: wheel, guys.
1: Yeah. If you only did what I wanted you to do or wanted you to do, then life would be
0: Yeah. Perfect. If you just listen to me and pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You really hear what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Okay.
1: The next one is one I read this week and I really liked it. It says, don't unlock the doors to your heart for someone who won't even unlock their cell phone for you. (laughs)
0: amen (laughs) thank you when i printed out this paper this paper uh, that was on my second sheet and it was at the top and it was the first thing i saw and i was like hallelujah this is amazing it is so true and you know what now nowadays with instant gratification yes and just so many again Quotations, options yeah, out there, yeah. and so many things at your fingertips, just so easily accessible.
1: Yeah.
0: You know how many partners like will cheat on their significant others and will hide things and lie about things and all it drives me crazy. Yeah. Me myself am fairly honest and upfront person. That's the way that I've always been. Yeah. But a lot of people take you for a run for your money
1: yeah. especially
0: in the beginning yeah and they'll be talking to like multiple different people yeah and seeing which one sticks around or yeah. which one's worthy of it and it's like no stop that like can you not just be honest and open with yeah. me as i'm doing with you
1: i remember talking to someone and i asked them because they had, they had just gotten married and i said does your wife have your access to your cell phone can mm-hmm. she unlock your cell phone and he said no and I said why not yeah and he just stared at me and I was like okay yeah I think you've already answered that question yeah yeah
0: like even me like I'm a person I've got nothing to hide yeah about anything in my life like because if-
1: because what does the big book say we work an honest program right yeah and so honesty till it hurts yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And sometimes it does hurt. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like I feel bad being as honest as I am. Yeah. But my friends also know not to ask me for my opinion unless yeah. they want the honest, honest truth. truth. Yeah. And they appreciate that yeah. for me as well. Because without that, where we wouldn't have the relationship yeah. that we do yeah. as my friend. Or and that's, my, that's
1: part, part of what the 12 steps teaches us is we yeah. can be honest without being a total jerk. Of course. Yeah. Okay. This one's really good too. If you tried to build intimacy with another person before you have done the hard work of getting whole on your own, all of your relationships become a vain attempt to complete yourself. And what did you say to me? Trying to fill a void. Trying to fill a void. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there, done that. This is what I always say um, to my friends and people in recovery is when they, when they want to start dating or they want to start uh, a relationship, I always say, What do you have to offer? Yeah. What do you have to offer the other person? Because, I mean, I know from, from being married that a relationship, it's, it's not about me anymore. No. It's not about me. No, it's not about at all. the other person. And so if, if I don't have a lot to offer and I'm looking to fill my void, yeah. the vacuum, how is that relationship going to turn out horribly? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You need to have your, to put it in layman's terms, your, your sobriety in check. Yeah. Cause that is still always going to be number one. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to yeah, me? Cause we hear that a lot. Um, that means working a solid program. Yeah. That means having done the 12 steps, be doing service, be active in the community, have a sponsor and sponsees. Well, you don't even need to have sponsees, but have a sponsor and be living as best to your ability, how the 12 steps and how the big book has provided you with the answers, living with a spiritual side, whether it's with God or higher power or whatever it is, you have that in your life. You have that solidified and your solid program down pat Mm -hmm. like what you do for work like Mm -hmm. when i wake up in the morning i have my routine when i go to bed at night i have my routine there's certain things that are about me and my recovery that will never change yeah well maybe tweaked along the way right but like i have peace yeah within myself and i have my connection with my higher power Mm -hmm. and i'm able to i'm able to live happily yeah with
1: it my sponsor i always just say the three pieces of the pie peace with myself peace with god and peace with others and when you get those lined up everything is wonderful
0: exactly yeah and then you do have things to offer yeah because you'll be able to offer your true authentic self yeah and who you are deep down inside and usually it's a very caring and loving and compassionate person
1: yeah Okay, let's get to the last one. Okay. That was good. Thank you. (laughs) The uh, Al-Anon big book. Genuine healthy love isn't self-destructive. It doesn't diminish us or strip us of our identities, nor does it in any way diminish those we love. Love is nourishing. It allows each of us to be more fully ourselves. The enmeshment that characterizes an alcoholic relationship does just the opposite. That's a lot.
0: That is a lot to take in, but it is all very true.
1: Love is nourishing. It allows each of us to be more fully ourselves. Yeah. So it's it's not about taking.
0: It's about adding. Yes. It's not that this person that's coming into your life is going to be taking a piece of you away. Yeah they're going to be adding to you to better you as a person or
1: or giving you that piece.
0: Yeah. Or giving you the piece that maybe you were missing and you are able to do the same for them. You add to each other, you lift each other up, you love each other. You get, you get nothing but positivity from each other. There's obviously not going to, it's not 24 seven going to be perfect, but you can work through it without breaking.
1: One of the things that, that the big book says is it's a program of constant growth. It says it three times, a a, a program of growth and that we're always constantly growing. Yeah. And my, my sponsor used to say, it's, it's really simple, right? You're, you're either growing or you're dying. You're either in recovery or you're in relapse. You never stand still. Yeah, right?
0: you're working on recovery yes. or you're, working, or you're on relapse. working on relapse.
1: Like and someone so used to relationships say. Relationships are the same, right? Yeah. Relationships are supposed to be constant growth with one another. Of
0: course, you're pushing each other in positive ways. Yeah, You're pushing each other to do more of the things that you know the other one loves. Yeah. And maybe becoming a part of that and finding a piece of yourself in that as yeah. well. You can get so many positive things from a good relationship. Yeah. But the hard part is, is being ready for that. And sometimes it can be scary and it can be intimidating. Someone coming up to me and being like, oh, do you want to be in a relationship? I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) Um, (laughs) no. And then I run away because I'm scared because I'm scared of that. I've been hurt a lot in my past. And like that does affect me a little bit in certain aspects. But I've learned to not bring that into New things in my life. What I looked for and what I put up with previous is completely different than what I will accept now. Yeah. And that is from the grace of God.
1: uh, Yeah. He it's growth. Yeah, and it's it's growth. It's growth. It's huge growth. It is.
0: It is. Because what I put up with and what I was okay with even a year ago is like the last thing that I would put up with now. Yeah. And it's like I would rather I would rather be by myself with my higher power and my dog, us three together facing the world alone than be in something that's negative. Yeah. And I never thought that I'd be able to say something like that. Yeah. And I can truly say that now Yeah. because I feel that. And it's honestly where I would rather be if I didn't. Everybody has their person. Yeah. They'll come to you when they're meant to.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whenever that is. And whenever you're ready, that's not up to you. Yeah. That's why you hand it over control.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and the serenity player comes in big with that, right? Oh,
0: yeah. I say that God way too much. God grant me the to serenity, serenity to accept. The things I cannot change. Yeah. The courage and, and to if, change if, the things if, I can. If,
1: if, if God's put me in this place today where I shouldn't be in a relationship, then I need to listen to that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Exactly. But if they put something in front of you that is a good thing that maybe could end up somewhere positive and you keep getting that pull at a certain point, you have to give something a shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sooner or later, it's going to have to come up. But as long as you have your your solid footing underneath you with your higher power underneath that holding you up. Yeah. You'll be okay.
1: Away we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Upcoming guest uh, for our our next uh, podcast is Kate Burkholder-Harris from the Alliance to End Homelessness on October 14th. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, Yeah, and remember that our podcast is uh, every two weeks now, so uh, we're going to have another uh, Voice of Recovery at the end of October. So uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Stay tuned for that. And remember, check check out Jericho Road on all your social media platforms. We're there on all of them. Um, even check me out on LinkedIn send me a message if if you're not on Facebook because I'm not on Facebook so I can understand if you're not but if you want to reach out just go on LinkedIn Instagram Facebook YouTube and yeah if you have any questions or just want to reach out and and talk man we love community we love Yabin. of
0: course yeah of course
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. Thank you <laughs> no for, problem at for all. being open. Thank you for being honest. And most of all, thank you for, for sharing because um, I, I know what you said tonight is going to help somebody. And so from the bottom of my heart, thanks for being here.
0: And it is not a problem at all.
1: Okay, God bless you. Bye, God bless you. Bye. We'll see you next uh, <laughs> next recovery episode.